Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She is really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about this world. In these difficult times in human history, we need to bring the people of the world together. And when we hear the voices of women, when we listen to real lives of women from other countries, we connect our cultures without differences or stereotypes, and we get inspired by their stories to live a better life. That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Shahrizada Mahmoud. Shahrizada is a Kazakh female entrepreneur living in Istanbul, Turkey. She loves pole dance and high heels dance, sports, shooting, and horse riding. Shahrizada, how are you today? Hello, Aziz. Thank you for having me. First of all, I'm I'm very cool. I'm very fine. Thank you. How about you? I feel grateful. I feel very, very happy to be alive, enjoying this adventure of life and getting to know so many cool and interesting people and very curious about you. So I'll begin with this nice first question, which is, if you, the people that know you best, Shahrizada, could describe your personality, what would they say about you? Uh, well, first of all, I think people who know me best, they would say that I'm, uh, I'm very warm, I'm very helpful, I really like helping people when they're struggling, having problems in their lives, and uh, I'm kind. Uh, what else? I'm, uh, they would also say that I'm an overthinker. I, I think a lot, even when I'm sleeping, my brain is working all the time. Uh, what else they would say? I think... Um, they would say that I love, I'm really connected with my family because uh, family is very important to me. Um, they would also say that um, that I'm an introvert. Yeah, 100% because uh, I can say that actually I'm a sociable person, but not too much. I prefer to have uh, several friends uh, instead of, you know, having lots lots of friends I, I prefer to have several ones and to spend quality like a really good qualitative time with them and uh, i love also spending uh time at my home i love being at home um what else they would say and i think they would say that i'm an independent woman yeah i i guess that's all Thank you. I love all those answers. And it makes me think because you're an introvert, although you're sociable, you let yourself only be connected or bonded to a few people. You're going for quality over quantity. You love to help people, etc. In some ways, that can make some women like people pleasers unable to put boundaries and to stand for themselves. Have you ever struggled with this? Did you solve it? What's your perspective on such issue of sometimes being a people pleaser where 
you sacrifice yourself for others, but sometimes you end up disappointed and hurt. Well, you know, um, if to tell about boundaries, I really can protect them. But it's, of course, like, uh, I was not like this since I was born. Uh, let's say, like, for example, at university, I had actually, um, I was struggling a lot because um, I, how to say, I had a lot of experience when I trust, when I start to trust people and then they end up hurting me let's say. And with all that experience, you know, it's gathering. And that's why, like, after all that experiences, I uh, learned how to protect, you know, myself. Uh, and, um, you know, actually, I can sacrifice myself for other people, but only for those people who I care about, like, for really uh, close friends, my family, uh, some of my relatives, for example. Uh, but, uh, like, let, let's say, like, for, for people whom, uh, with whom I uh, just, like, see from time to time, um, let's say, I, I will not be sacrificing myself. And uh, right now, I think that I'm really good at uh, keeping my boundaries and, uh, you know, in protecting myself. But sometimes I think that I'm making it too much because when I meet new people, I it's hard for me to trust to someone, you know, uh, a person who is meeting me for the first time, like this should, you know, uh, I, I don't know how, how to explain, this should gain my trust and it takes actually some time. Yeah. Thank you. I understand fully. And for some reason, I imagine that this is somehow related to shooting <laughs> because shooting is a very strong kind of activity. Is it, did you begin shooting, which helped you become a stronger person, more able to set boundaries because you're dealing with firearms, etc.? Or is it the opposite, that the stronger you become, the more you appreciate the strength of an activity like shooting? Or how did that story happen? And what did you appreciate most about the activity? Uh, nice question, actually. Thank you for this question. Actually, shooting is my hobby, but uh, it's not about keeping boundaries or something. I, I just like it. And uh, one of the best, one of the first things in my life that I really what is important for me is my freedom. So when I shoot, uh, when I ride the horse, uh, when I dance, I feel myself really free. It, it helps me to, uh, how do you say, to feel uh, this freedom like 100%. And also uh, from time to time, I need to, um, how to say, for example, I have lots of emotions, let's say negative emotions uh, in me that I cannot um, all these negative emotions, they should go somewhere. And when I do shooting and when I uh, do riding, riding horses, uh, so actually I'm uh, uh, getting rid of all that negative emotions. So I understand. So it's somehow of a therapy, correct? Exactly, yeah. It's a therapy for me. And how different is it to horse riding and dealing with horses? Do you see it more, for example, dealing with horses as an activity that calms you down, that is more about your feminine side, if you might say, or is it also that 
you feel like you're a warrior from the old times riding your horse and having your gun or weapon and conquering the world well you know actually um ho- I-, I love horses since my childhood because you know in my country in kazakhstan actually people like in the past they used to use horses a lot because they were not when there were no transportation they used horses as a transportation so i think it's actually in my blood that i like it and i love also i love animals uh i don't have any domestic animals like i don't have a cat i don't have a dog uh because i think it's really um, you need to take uh, responsibility for that and I, i'm not ready for that yet uh so that's why uh i go riding a horse and i also love being with with that animal you know when you see it like uh you feel yourself close with the nature with the world and uh, they're so clever animals actually when you find uh, really uh, how to say w- when you find a connection between me when i find a connection between me and the horse that i'm going to ride it's it's really good you know and then of course another part is that uh, freedom i feel free and uh, i feel how to say wild you know i feel as if i'm when i'm riding a horse i feel as if i'm uh, alone in this world i'm just riding you know i have my horse i'm strong i'm powerful So something like that, I guess. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, when you meet new people, you're more reserved and a bit harsh, putting them a bit far. But when it comes to the horses, you can connect yourself and open up deeply. Why could this be? Is it because, like, I interviewed some girls that say, well, animals always have good intentions, but people sometimes not. Or uh, one girl said, uh, who is vegan, she said, I love animals more than people. (laughs) Well, is this your situation? Or how is that uh, related? Because you're showing two sides to your personality one that has strong boundaries when it comes to people and one that is very open when it comes to animals and horses? Uh, Well, very good question. I think that it is uh, my way to keep the balance, maybe. (laughs) Because, you know, um, when I meet new people, as I said, yeah, I have my boundaries. I don't let people, like, uh, to to cross them. I, like... um, uh, it takes some time, you know, uh, to make a really good connection with someone. But with animals, it's easier because um, animals really, they, they also, they always have good intentions. If you are good to them, they feel it. And animals, they can feel you. They can feel your intentions and they can feel how you feel. For example, if I go, uh, if, if I meet a new horse and if I am afraid of the horse and he, it, it can feel you know, and it will not, uh, it will not allow me to ride it. So, uh, something like this. And, um, yeah, as I said, it's my way to keep the balance and, um, animals understand actually people, uh, and animals will not hurt you or something. Thank you. That's a really interesting perspective. And it makes me also want to see and know more. So for example, Moving from Kazakhstan to live in Istanbul, how was that decision? What's the story behind that? And especially that you mentioned how important family is for you. How was that decision that separates you and puts distance between you and the family? Well, you know, this story is not interesting at all, actually, but... (laughs) 
it first of all the f- the main reason was my past relationship and uh, it was in Kazakhstan uh, because it was a long one and it didn't work in the end so uh, and also uh, I studied two foreign languages at universities English and Turkish uh, so I knew Turkish already in Kazakhstan and um, uh, it was not to two thousand eighteen, I guess. Yeah, when I changed my job and I was um, trying to decide what to do next, to find a new one, or I don't know, to stay here or what to do. I didn't know anything, and uh, and I was I had I had a breakup and so on. So uh, my cousin was here in Turkey already. She was married to a Turkish man, and uh, I came here to Istanbul uh, for a holiday. And then I explained her everything situation, and she said, "Like you know, Turkish, come on, so you can move here, you can start something here." Like, uh, and I said, "Like why not?" And uh, I just uh, decided that time. Then I uh, went back to Kazakhstan, and uh, I told my family. But in the end of 2018, uh, I told my family that I'm moving, and they said, "Okay," because you know, from the chi- from my childhood, I was really um, how to say, yes. I'm close to my family, like mentally, but uh, physically there was always a distance because um, when I was 14, I went to a private school, which was in another city and my family was in another city. And uh, after I graduated that school, I went to university to a bigger city, another one. It is also like there is like there was always a distance between me and my family. So I used to be alone like all the time, all my life. And uh, so that's why when I told them that I'm moving to Turkey, that I made this decision, there was not surprise. They said like, okay, if you want that, like it's it's fine. And then uh, by New Year in 2019, I came here to Istanbul. Uh, first, I started living with my cousin and with her husband. And then I, uh, several months, I was just, you know, making some holiday here. And after that, I started, you know, to um, to work. That's really, really interesting. And it's actually more than a boring or normal story. It has a lot of drama and ups and downs and decisions. And to ask you then, about entrepreneurship. You're a woman boss or a female entrepreneur. Some women could have this dream, but they don't know the reality. Maybe there is some glamour about it that they don't know how hard it is to build a business and people in general. To you, what is the reality of being a female entrepreneur? Is it all glamorous? And what does it give you that finding a normal job and being an employee does not give you? Although uh, when you're uh, the, the entrepreneur, you are responsible for your money and salary all the time compared to being an employee where you are more relaxed because you know at the end of the month you receive your salary. Can you share your experience, your perspective and your desire or why does this work well for you and the reality of it? Yeah, of, of course. It? But, uh, you know, when I first moved to Istanbul, I uh, started after several months, several months, I started to look for a new job. And actually I worked like I changed several jobs, you know, from uh, starting from t- 2019 till uh, 2021, I guess. Yeah, like in the middle of t- 2021. And um, I, my first job was uh, in um, exhibition, 
there was a company uh, we were making exhibitions in fashion exhibitions in Kazakhstan. So I worked there. After that, I changed the job and I started to, to work in um, clinic, like plastic surgery clinic. I started to work there as a translator. And after that, I started to work in, a, in, in one big holding here in Istanbul. I was an executive assistant to CEO. And actually, it, it gave me a lot of experience. And uh, after that, I, start, I started working for another company. It was a foreign company, which, which was located in London. So I was actually like uh, somehow assisting them. Uh, because they had several projects here. So I was assisting them, like connecting them to Turkish companies and so on. And after that, just uh, the project was finished and uh, I started to see what to do next. Because uh, the last job, when I was an employee, actually, I uh, was working. My hours, uh, working hours were very flexible. I could work at home, you know, and I really liked it. Because I could manage my time, I had a lot, a lot of time uh, for myself. I can, like, I could uh, finally go to gym, dance, and so on, you know. And I said, no. After that, I, I will not, I will never work in some office or something. And so, uh, you know. And right now, I'm working as a freelance. Uh, mostly, is I don't have like uh, employees under me, but I uh, actually I do several things. Like uh, starting from, uh, I, I open, you know, like th there is a war in Russia between, between Russia and Ukraine. So there are lots of Russians and Ukrainians coming to Istanbul and uh, I'm helping them to uh, get their uh, visas and I'm helping them to open their bank accounts. Uh, sometimes I work as a translator, like also in exhibitions because, you know, uh, all, the in, uh, all the jobs uh, that I used to work for, they... Uh, gave me a lot of a uh, lot of connections, you know, network. So there are, for example, several big companies in Kazakhstan. When they come to Istanbul, or they, when they come to Turkey, they like uh, I I start to work like uh, for them as they as their assistant or as their translator, for example. A part of that, I have uh, several agreements with the. Uh, companies, uh, investment companies that are also, they, they are selling these apartments, they are selling like, um, selling like, you know, everything if you want to invest. So I have contracts with them. And so I, right now I'm working actually in several like uh, spheres and I'm totally fine with that because I can manage my time. But of course it is hard because it totally depends on me. Like if I work too much this month, I gain too much. If I work less, I gain less. So I think this is actually, you know, I, I don't think that there is, uh, there are any disadvantages because I, I totally like it. Thank you. That's absolutely really cool. You're creating your mark in this world. And then to ask you even more, what is your advice to women and maybe teenage girls who have been through the pandemic, who have been watching and seeing people on social media, that they seem to have such perfect lives and that destroys their self-esteem? And so they think, oh, no, I can never amount to anything. Or uh, if I do something, I will be criticized and people will judge me or maybe I will fail and feel anxiety in order for them to have the bravery to come out of their comfort zone and face the world and make all their dreams come true because 
all that growth and creation happens outside of the yeah, comfort zone. Yeah, this is 100%. Because I also used to, I was very uh, scared, you know. I would think like, oh my God, no, but I, I need to have, have something stable. I need to get my salary every month. Of course, there were a lot of fears actually. But, you know, then I understood that you just, you just need to do it, you know. It, it doesn't matter. You can fail because I failed a lot. Yeah, uh, you can fail. It's okay. Uh, you, you fail once, you fail twice, you fail, I don't know, 10 times, but in the end, you will achieve something, you know, because trying is always better than doing nothing. This is rule number one. Like, uh, if you want to do something, but if you're not sure, if you're confused, just close your eyes and go for it. Just do it because, and it doesn't matter really if you fail because it's, it's totally normal. Uh, and what, what else can I say? Uh, so yeah, actually, like going out from comfort zone, it's also very important. And uh, but the most important thing, as I said, is just close your eyes and just go for it. Risk all the time. So that that's all I can say. Thank you. And as someone who is both keeping your femininity as well as doing some things within masculine spheres that some people consider masculine, of course. Every person should be free to be involved in anything they want without separation. But just to ask you about the energy, how do you keep your feminine energy while during the day you have to use a lot of your masculine energy? And what is the definition of being feminine for you? I say for me, uh, being feminine is uh, even when you're strong and independent woman, you always have to remember that you always have to remember your uh, how to explain this um, like nice side, you know, like uh, not like a man like working and everything, you know. But uh, you have to you have to make time for yourself first of all, and uh, I think it's uh, you need to do something that will make you feel as a woman like you know like uh, that something that will uh, that will help you to express your feminine side like for example high heels dance it's like a, a perfect thing to do actually or pole dancing um dancing is always you know good to express your feminine side and uh, also, I would say, you know, meeting new men, flirting, going on dates <laughs> is also important, I think, because most of women, independent women, when they work hard, uh, they forget about their private life. They uh, just go, they, they, make, they make money uh, or, I don't know, they make their career and they forget about their private life. But you, you, you don't... You, uh, how to say you, you you shouldn't forget about it it's very important actually especially for a woman uh so i i think that's all i can say thank you and you're mentioning pole dance which i imagine you do in istanbul i have interviewed multiple women that are pole dancers and they do it all over the world even in america and they say there is a kind of stigma around that activity or even heels dance where some people, maybe their parents judge it and they think it's too sexy. Or some people think, oh no, it comes from strippers. Why do you do it? Or whatever it is. So to you, 
what gives you the strength to just share your your interest and your activities like that, knowing that maybe even in Turkey, it's not uh, a society that will think, oh, wow, that's a normal activity. They might think there is a stigma around it. If even in Italy and Spain and the US and Canada, there is some uh, stigma about it. Yeah, you're right. For example, even my family, my family is very conservative family, actually. And uh, my parents, not not my parents, but my father, for example, he's a very religious person. And uh, they will not understand this. And I know that. So when I do pole dancing or high hoops dancing, I don't actually really share too much, even on Instagram, for example. Uh, But here in Turkey, uh, no, actually, you know, uh, in Istanbul, it's kind of it's it, it's uh, it started to become normal already. So when you share with someone that you go uh, high, you, you dance like in on high heels or you go to pole dancing, uh, the reaction is actually normal. Or maybe it's because maybe it depends on the person, of course, because people I know in Istanbul, uh, my friends, they are young. And, you know, they are modern, all of them are modern, so for them it's totally normal. Uh, And uh, actually, you know, even sometimes I shared some videos, for example, on Instagram, and my family, my relatives, they saw, and no, nobody said nothing. But maybe it's also because, uh, as I mentioned before, I keep my boundaries, that I protect my boundaries, and even my family cannot say something bad to me, you know, and... uh, Maybe it's because of that. I love that answer. Thank you so much, Shahrizada, for sharing your voice, your experiences, for being part of this project. This is truly, and you are really Thank an you inspiration. Thank you, Aziz, very much. Thank you for having me. It was a great experience for me, too. Thank you.